This is a City of Crestview podcast. Welcome to Season 3 of Civic View. My name is Chance Levins and I'm the Public Information Manager for the City of Crestview. Our mission here at the City is to improve the quality of life by providing exceptional municipal services to our citizens. And we believe that fostering community engagement through open and transparent communication is one of the many ways we can achieve that mission. So, let's get started. Hello, Crestview, and thank you for joining me for another episode of Civic View. Um, As always, I want to say thank you to everyone that takes the time to listen to um, the effort that we all put into these things and and become civically engaged with us. Excuse me. Um, So we're somewhere in the 50s, the 60s. I don't know. As far as episode counts go, I stopped counting, but I'm glad you're all still with us. And uh, so today's episode, uh, we're going to take a little bit of a step back from government and uh, have... um, a community partner uh, speak with uh, me, and um, that kind of goes with the mayor's powering partnerships uh, thing that we've got going on this year. So to do that, I have um, some ladies from Impact 100 Northwest Florida. Say that right? Yep. Yes. Okay. I got a thumbs up and a yes. All right. So uh, I have, um, where are my notes? Here we go. I have the 2022 president, uh, Nancy Francis. All right, Nancy, thank you so much for joining me today. And also, I have. Do you want to be Joe or Joanna? I'm. I'll be Joe. Joe. Okay. So, <laughs> so I was supposed to ask that before. <laughs> so I have Joe Soria, who is a member of the board of directors for Impact 100 Northwest Florida. So you might say, Chance, what is Impact 100 Northwest Florida? And I could tell you what I looked up on the website before this started, (laughs) or I could let Nancy tell us. So Nancy, why don't you give us a little bit of information about um, what the organization is? Sure. So Impact 100 is basically a pretty simple and elegant approach, which is you get 100 women together, each donates $1,000, which funds a $100,000 grant for a local nonprofit. So um, these are transformational grants that we're funding, and by which I mean grants that fund dream projects for uh, the nonprofits. So projects that really help elevate what they're doing, um, either in terms of who they're reaching or the types of services that they're providing. And it's really about the power of collective giving. So it's about getting a group together. So I could give $1,000 to a nonprofit, and they'd be thrilled. It'd be a very generous donation. When I come together with 99 other women, we can give that $100,000 grant, which, again, can really fund one of their dream projects and so and make that a reality. And the other thing that's really cool is we're able to do that because 100% of that $1,000 donation goes to fund the $100,000 grant. We don't have any paid staff. Right. So, so everyone within, within your organization, uh, and I imagine it takes a few people to make this run, that for free completely. Yes. So you, so not only do you donate the money to become a member for it, but you donate all of your time when you're working within it as well. Um. Well, let me let me say this. So we do have. If you want to give an extra one hundred dollars, then you'll be a member plus, and that does help to offset some of our operating costs. Because, like for example, we'll talk about it later, but we have events, membership at recruitment events, for example, and there's just cost to doing those, right. and so and you know our annual meeting, etc. Um, but a lot of, yeah, it's really a volunteer-run organization. and the, But the level of participation can vary. Okay. 
So, so some people are. Excuse me. I will say this. So it's it's women only, correct? Correct. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that the donation has to come from a woman. Like I guess organizations can help fund it as well. Is sure. That- well, well, to that end, we have so we have members pay a thousand dollars membership plus pay the extra one hundred dollars to become a member plus, and then uh, we also have, by the way, and uh, we have next gen members, and I'll let uh, Joe talk about that. Yes. Yeah, so I'm a member. I came in as a next gen member, which is a specific um, kind of scholarship based model that's offered to women under 40. Okay. Um, and that could be if you're kind of getting your feet wet in philanthropy and you don't have quite as much to give up front. That could be if you are trying to find the right fit for you and maybe a thousand dollars seems like a lot of an upfront investment. Next gen is a program that um, where there's a scholarship kind of fund available that defrays some of those initial costs for some of these newer, younger members. And it was a perfect opportunity for me, um, especially because sometimes as a when you're new to philanthropy, you're new to certain civic organizations, you don't always necessarily feel like, Look, is this a fit for me? Do I right. belong? Is there a place for me? Um, Impact 100 scooped me right up and put me to work and let me get involved. And I felt that my work and my ideas and my vote counted as much as anyone else's. So that Next Gen program, I think, is really important and beneficial. Yeah, I I have to say this. Despite what some news media may have you believe, most of the people within our generation, Joe and I are millennials. We are geriatric millennials, I believe is the (laughs) terminology currently. (laughs) But um, we do want to get involved. We want to be involved in things. We want to participate and... um, being able to go into um, an organization like that, like I've had the United Way on as well and spoke with them, you know, I, I think it's uh, helpful. Um, not that there's anything wrong with volunteering for your church. A lot of people do that way and participate through the faith community. But if you want to do it in a different way, I, I like that there are organizations that um, offer that to people. And just to circle back to your question, which is, you know, if other people want to donate, well, we also have what we call community partners and friends. And so those are folks who get, who make donations, who are not members, um, who um, are providing, again, it could be a financial contribution or it could be an in-kind service. So, for example, if we're doing a membership event at a venue, you know, they're donating that, their space to us. So that's an important part Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, well. that's great. Yeah. That helps you guys keep that less need for that extra 100 with the overhead exactly Mm -hmm. and businesses have sponsored members or co-sponsored members um you know so so that's another way to go about it and you know getting your own employees involved is is a great way too okay so we so we've talked a little bit about you know um how how the how the members get there how the funding gets there so i have to ask the question that i'm sure everyone always asks because i wouldn't be getting my job if i didn't Mm -hmm. but you know so we you talked about impact that's that's in your name it's a transformational donation is something else that you spoke on there. So someone might say, wow, you've got $100,000. You know, you could help 10 organizations um, instead of just one. So why just the one? Why so much for just the one? It's it's a great question, and it is one we get asked a lot. And the answer is we could do that, but there are other organizations in the community that do that. So we're the organization that gives those large transformational grants. So that's that's what we do. Yeah. So, so we want to fund again, we want to fund those dream projects and that's what we're going for. Right. And so the first time I spoke with Joe about this, um, you know, I had her, you know, kind of say, you know, cause I asked her that question too. Right. Sure. And it, and to me, I was like, the more I thought about it, I was, the more kind of, I was impressed by it. And then I, t- I took some time to look at some of your past, um, uh, members that have received funding. Um, 
you know, like a Habitat Okaloosa, for instance, I, you know, that, that type of donation could help them buy a lot of materials, like where $10,000 might not even help them get through a quarter of a house or, you know, maybe two, if it, if you were just buying paint with it or something like that. Um, but in the, in the other ones that I looked at, I, I see, you know, there, there are other ones on your list. Um, and that it's, it's, yeah, I guess is the only way I can say it. It makes a lot of sense because you can take an organization that is on the edge of maybe doing really, really doing something for the community. And when they get that infusion from you all that, that, um, capital, I guess for lack of a better word to use, but, uh, that it really can be transformational. I'm sure. That, that's right. And, and you actually put your finger on a key point, which is our grants are not for operating costs. That's not what we fund. We fund, again, those big dream projects that can really change an organization, fundamentally change what they're offering. So make a big difference. Okay. So so one of the ones I saw on the list uh, was a Bed for Me Foundation, and that, that one's important uh, to our chief of police. And so can you tell me a little bit about when they received the grant from you, how that worked? Sure. So they received a grant in 2019, and they're uh, an amazing organization. And basically, they uh, a group of women founded it, and they got together, and they um, identified the need in the community for children who don't have their own beds. When this is not um, children who are homeless. This happens to be just, you know, they, their parents cannot afford a bed, so they're sleeping on the floor. They're sleeping on a pallet of, of clothing or whatever. Um, and so what they provided was beds, so a, a, a frame, a mattress, a bed set, um, you know, all the, you know, everything, pillows, everything you need to ha- for a child to have their own bed. And um, so it was really an amazing program uh, that they had started. And when they came to us, they were delivering those beds in volunteers' trucks, which were open bed trucks. And a lot of the deliveries would happen on weekends. But what would happen was it often rains, as you know. So they can, couldn't deliver the bedding in the rain. So they, that would mean they'd have to cancel the delivery. Things would back up. And they just couldn't, you know, accomplish what they wanted to accomplish. So what they asked us for was a, a cargo van, a completely covered um, piece that they could deliver uh, their beds in regardless of the weather. And uh, as, so uh, that's what we paid for along with uh, we also funded 438 beds. Wow. Yes. So, um, again, it really transformed them in terms of how they were able to deliver the beds and, you know, deliver more beds and really elevate their program. And um, one of the members of our board, uh, Joni Wallace, um, was also, you know, used to, was the president of Bed for Me in the past. And she was, I mean, she's so, I wish she were here to talk about the impact the bed makes in the child's life. But, you know, as she puts it, a bed, it sounds like a simple piece of furniture. Right. But for a child, you know, who goes to sleep, you know, at night on a couch or on the floor, an air mattress, they don't really, or sharing a bed with a parent or siblings, um, now they have their own space. Right, they, have. They, can, they have a place they can sit down, and, and it's their space. And it makes a huge difference in their health and well-being. Yeah, I'm sure. It's a sense of, uh, you know, I mean, you have that uh, that thing that is yours, right? So you have safe space that it's kind of, it's your space. It's the one thing that gets, you get that sense of ownership. I, I imagine that that is, I mean, that in itself is probably transformational for uh, someone that's living in a situation that's like that. You know, I, I've never had to, but um, I've shared rooms, you know, I'm not even going to try to compare myself to a kid that's never had a bed, but uh, yes. And, and so that's, I don't know what else to say about that. Um, 
I, you know, there are some other ones I, you know, uh, fresh start I saw was one that got it, um, last year, right. Or I guess technically, yeah, it would have been 20, right. They just, they just got theirs and, and theirs is, um, theirs was funding actually, um, they go out and get deliveries uh, for their donations rather than they do pickups. And so this was, theirs was funding a truck um, for their deliveries um, so that they can pick up more uh, for their, re- for their store where they sell, um, you know, the, the uh, donations, which yep. is what funds their pro their programs. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, transformational is the best way to, to put that. I think um, that's a great turn a phrase to or term rather to to apply to that because it in those situations i mean not only are most of these organizations transforming people's lives in general already but you guys are helping transform that organization also well and we can also definitely vouch for the fact that 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 funding and that project is local um you know i think sometimes there's that difference that we feel when you know we're making a donation and it's going to an organization we like but we don't actually know where that ends up right but we can see that impact it's happening yeah. to you know local for our local nonprofits which serve our local people like you can really vouch for the fact that that's here that's happening here and we're doing something here yeah yeah, no, and the, i was i was going to bring that up right so like you you all are it's the the northwest florida I saw that, um, does that serve, I, it looks like it served, is it Okaloosa and Walton it's County? It's Okaloosa and Walton County, right. Okay. So uh, so in order to, for the, if you're applying for a grant, um, you need to be a um, non-political, non-religious 501c3 nonprofit that services Okaloosa and or Walton counties. Okay. So that's the, that's who uh, that's is eligible yeah. for our, for our grants. And you know, to Joe's point, um, you know, they're, they're all here. You can, it's fun because you can, you can go around the community and you can see, uh, different, um, places where our grants have been implemented. So for example, I'll give you another one, um, Arc of the Emerald Coast, uh, they won a grant in 2014 and just did a little bit about that organization. They're all about empowering those with, uh, developmental disabilities yep, yeah, to live meaningful yeah. lives. If you're not familiar with them at any rate with their, their grant funded the aquatic center which is the only um, ADA-compliant aquatic facility in the area. Wow. So when you say aquatic facility, do you mean like swimming? swimming and, yes, okay. exactly. And um, it, it's, it's an amazing space that we yeah, funded. It, it was incredible. Because yeah. I, <laughs> went, I went to the opening because my brother uh, has you know, been involved with ARC here and there, and he was singing at that event. So before I was even involved with Impact, I went to that ribbon cutting, and it was just this, it, it was this astounding experience and to know that that's something that we have here that is very unique and very rare and offers this opportunity um to someone like my brother for instance i mean i felt the impact of this organization before i was even a part of it and didn't even know yeah no i mean i um i mean i didn't i had heard of the uh organization before i mean my wife has looked into different um organizations that she can get involved with and things like that and we we had talked about it some and um uh, I, but I didn't know a lot about it until, you know, Joe said, Hey, you know, cause I've been after her. Yeah. <laughs> <She> <laughs> well, I have been after she's, your wife. Yeah, oh, that's um, but, but no, I, when you, you know, so I, so I have different, um, organizations on here sometimes like that, right? Like you all, uh, like I said, um, United Way, some of the other ones I've had, um, one of the, the, the female house that's Hope House, I mm-hmm. cannot 
remember off the top of my head what the name of it is. I'm sorry about that. Um, but anytime you can take a moment to um, have an impact on someone's life, even if it's small, right? And if it can la- leave a lasting impression, if it can help the community, or if it can help that person who turns around and then helps the community because they're finally able to. Um, I think all those things are really important. I think we lose sight of that sometimes in our society because we are um, very driven uh, to uh, produce for ourselves and who we work for and where we're going and what we're doing. And we're constantly, it's like we have this sense in our society that's like, what are you doing next? Where are you going next? Who are you going to? Uh, where are you going to be? And we don't always slow down and stop and go, well, I could help some other people get there as well, right? In fact, for me, one of the great things about being a member of Impact 100 for me, I moved here in 2017. And so I didn't know anybody when I moved here, basically, when my husband and I decided to move down here. And so it was a great way for me to meet other women who are also community-minded and um, as a member of Impact, it's been a great way to learn about all the incredible nonprofits yeah. in this area, which I would otherwise not be aware of. Um, and so that's been kind of to your point of, you know, seeing what's going on in the community. It's been incredible. Yeah, I think so. So for me, I've learned about so many now since coming into government. Um, before that, my wife was a social worker for quite a while. And I learned about some through that, you know, because you learn about some, but they're typically just ones that are. Uh, providing a specific need, right? And then you always know about some of the bigger ones that have national ad campaigns like United Way or Habitat for Humanity or some of those other ones. Um, That doesn't mean that the local chapters don't need help, but it's just you see those more often, right? Um, And the smaller ones that still just serve your community, you don't often see those as much or learn about those as much, you know, and even some of our local social clubs like Rotary, Kiwanis, some other things like that. Like, um, you don't realize they're there necessarily, um, I mean, even with you guys, I mean, a thousand or excuse me, a hundred thousand dollars is a significant amount of money for an organization to get. But I imagine there are times where you do that with an organization and most people don't even know it. it's happened. Right. Because it's not like every news channel shows up and every social media influencer shows up and, you know, they're just like, can you believe this just happened? You know, like so. But I think it's probably doesn't that doesn't matter that much to you all, anyways, right? Well, it it, it would be great to have more publicity because uh, I mean, first of all, we try to get publicity not just for ourselves, but also, frankly, for the organizations who are receiving the grants. Understand. So we think that's a key part of it. In fact, when we have our annual meeting, we do invite the press, and it's not just about us. In fact, they're the heroes. Let's face it. And so, um, the the way it works is we have. We provide grants in five different categories that um, they can, a nonprofit can apply for. So arts and culture, family, education, environment preservation and recreation, and health and wellness. And we have grant review committees who select the two finalists for each of those um, areas. And then those 10 finalists present at our annual meeting. Okay. And um, what's what's wonderful about that is, therefore, it's not just the five, you know, the, the ones who receive the grants, you know, it's also all ten of them get, you know, get to get their story out, get to share what their needs are, and that can often lead to, by the way, though a local nonprofit that didn't receive the grant, we've had um, organizations that had donations from members that almost gave them what they wanted or a lot of what they wanted on their on their list. So we give them a chance to give us wish lists. 
um, in addition. So we do everything we can to really, again, get the word out about the organizations as well as about Impact 100. I think that kind of is a a product of some of the vetting process um, because it is such a rigorous vetting process. And these nonprofits really show their stuff in in terms of um, showing the, you know, that, they, that they've been kind of, you know, taking care of the organization financially, showing that, you know, they they already make their own impact on their own. And so as they go through our grant submission and review process, um, it, it really kind of it kind of shows that they meet this really high standard um, that they have been vetted. And so I think a lot of organizations, it shines a new light on them. People see them in a new light. Yeah. And sometimes they are recipients of, of other um other services or, or other awards because they've kind of made it this far in the process. Okay. So, all right. So I can see a, there's this kind of a second, second kind of almost behind the scenes in a way um, thing that's happening there as well, outside of just the award of the grant for the few that are selected for that. Right. The, the impact of impact we call it actually. <laughs> okay. Well, that works. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I, I saw some things on, on your website, like empowerment, philanthropy, mm-hmm. uh, philanthropy, uh, networking and impact, obviously. Um, I feel like uh, from our conversation today, you guys are definitely, or you ladies, excuse me, <laughs> are definitely uh, doing all those things. Um, and, and when I looked at the list of, you know, because I had no idea, I looked at the list of recipients and I was just like, okay, yeah, all right, these, these are all organizations. Um, some of them, I know people who have worked for these organizations personally, um, and, and I, uh, you know, they, the type of uh, grant that you're offering can, would absolutely be successful in helping, you know, those organizations serve that. And to the point with the, you know, the stories that you shared, and I'm sure you could sit here and share stories for a couple hours about it. Um, uh, we don't have that kind of time, oh. but um, – <laughs> So real quick, um, I do want to say this. So you guys have, I noticed, an event that um, uh, people could come to participate in. Uh, is it on the 22nd of February? Is that right? Is this in reference to the next um, the next event? The recruiting event? Is that what you saw? Yeah. Oh, so th- is that at the February 17th? Actually, on February 17th, we have an event at 790. That's it. I had the date wrong. That's okay. okay. 790, uh, which is um, in Destin. They're at their new location, by the way. Okay. So they've moved from where they were. So uh, 790, it's from, I believe, is that 530, 530 to, to 7, seven. Um, there. And then we have our next event after that will be on uh, March 6th, and that will be um, in San Destin at the Solaris, which is at the marina. And that one's from 1230 to 2. But if you go to our website, you can see all of our upcoming events. We have quite a few uh, recruiting events happening now through April uh, because this is the time when we're um, recruiting new members. Yeah, I saw that your your membership recruitment our deadline is April 30th. Is that right? That's right. Okay. So you for have 2022, a, yes. Yeah. So you have a, a little, uh, not a whole lot of time, but some time to, to check out one of these events and see if mm-hmm. becoming a member is something that you're interested in. Um, exactly. And I, I'd like to kind of speak to a point you, you asked about earlier. Sure. Which is, you know, the fact that we're a volunteer-run organization. One thing that's important to know is there are different ways you can volunteer. So we do have different standing committees, events, a membership, uh, marketing and communications, um, grants. Um, and we have some committees that, um, in, in finance. Those are standing committees during the year. We also have committees that are just particular times of the year. Okay. 
So, for example, if you're interested in being on one of the grant review committees, and those are the committees that would vet one of those five areas I mentioned earlier, those meet from June, which would be uh, July through about September, for example. And so that's a great way to really uh, work on an area and, and go through the grants. But also, the other thing is, you don't have to do anything. <laughs> I want That's the big point I wanted to make, which is if all you want to do is donate your money, maybe come to a membership <laughs> event because they're fun, by the way, uh, and the annual meeting, which is, very, uh, which is a wonderful event, um, and you don't even have to do that. That's all you have to do, you know, uh, because we'll happily, you know, take your grant money and, you know, use it for one of the nonprofits in the area. Um, we'd love it if you do more, but that's all you have to do. It's just that simple. And I can tell you, there have been times in my life when I was really busy, and I could never have done more than that. Right. You know, that, that's all that would have been possible. And so we are completely good with that, too. Right. I mention but that. you can vouch for where that, uh, that donation is going. That's right, because you get to vote at the end. You'll have, the, you'll have those 10 finalists, and you get to cast your votes for the, for the uh, grant recipients. So you, you do have some control in a sense, as to where you have a exactly. voice, you have a voice and you have a completely customizable experience in terms of how involved you want to be. If you want to recruit other members, if you want to go find nonprofits and hunt them down and say, hey, have you thought about applying for this grant? Yeah. If you want to get the word out, there are so many ways to be involved or to just make your donation and, and, and like I said, be able to vouch for it. Um, so we are looking for members. We are looking for nonprofits um, because we want them to know about this. That's an excellent point. Um, that is a key thing. We um, we're always looking for nonprofits who have who are not familiar with us to become aware of us, to think about what are their dream projects. Yeah, I imagine well, that we, would be a challenge too, is to get in the organizations wanna, to apply. Right. We like want to get the word out to them. Um, we have a grant writing workshop in April, and so um, if if you're a nonprofit and you want to learn more about us, look at our website. Okay, what is your website? Our website is Impact NWF as in northwestflorida.org. Okay, so I-M-P-A-C-T-N-W-F. Uh, dot org. Yep, okay. Yes, and please check out our website because there you'll see, inf we have a section of the website that's actually for nonprofits. It'll have information for nonprofits. We do have our grant uh, workshop that'll happen in April. The specifics will be in there. So what we'd like to say is come to that grant workshop. That's where you really learn about Impact 100, what we're looking for, what the grant process is going to be like, at that point, they can decide if it's right for them. Oftentimes, by the way, nonprofits will come to us one year, like maybe they'll come to the grant workshop and they're like, well, we're not quite ready yet. Mm -hmm. Then they come the next year again, you know, and then they apply. We've had organizations who have won grants who actually have applied three or more times before they actually got, you know, received a grant. Okay. So it's not, you know, it doesn't necessarily happen the first pass. And that's no, and that's no reflection on the organization. And so the, the organizations who haven't um, taken that as a discouraging thing and the ones who've said, nope, I'm going to come back. I'm going to learn more. Nope. I'm going to come back. Um, they have often seen the, the you know, well, I the imagine fruit of that, that investment. That not just for your organization to get a grant from your organization, but nonprofits grants are very important to keeping nonprofits going. So, mm -hmm. just getting the resources and tools to learn how to really write a good grant or grant application, excuse me, and 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 learn how to. I mean, sell yourself. I don't. Pitch, I mean, that's how to pitch? It. Yeah. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, know, I hate to say that, but that's what you're doing. It's and, true. Um, yes. You know, so that those are very valuable and important skills, and I know that there have been plenty of people who had great ideas and really wanted to help the community, but they 
didn't have that skill set because it's a very particular skill set. Not that it can't be learned. Uh, mm-hmm. It absolutely can be learned. I mean, some people are more gifted at it. Um, but uh, the fact that you're also providing that tool set, um, I think, is very valuable right. as well. Because that can serve them beyond this one grant uh, application process. That is, a, that's a transferable skill set if you're in the nonprofit um, world. Okay. Well. Um, I'm going to mention one other thing for oh, real quick. Go for it. Okay, we also for the nonprofits we're having a, a roundtable on innovation um, in March. So look for that too to help uh, oh, provide some skills on that. that. You can find those details on the website soon. Okay, soon. All right. So um, yeah, that's uh, that. That's it. We we ran out of time. I didn't get to hit you with my uh, uh, question that I didn't have you on prepared for. That's okay. It happens sometimes. Um, uh, I save those for when it's dragging. We weren't dragging. We. I think this was very good. We, uh, we told you we were excited about yeah. this. No, <laughs> I mean, it's really cool. I'm kind of sad that uh, I can't uh, participate, but I might tell my wife Listen, she should do it. Jessica, I'm, I'm after her. <laughs> tell her. All right. So, um, as always, thank you, everyone, who takes the time to listen to these and engage with us civically. Uh, thank you, WAZ and WJSB, for playing these on Saturday mornings. Um, yeah, it, this, is, uh, this is part of our community. This is part of Crestview. This is part of Okaloosa County. Um, you know, these things are important, whether it's Impact 100 specifically or another organization that helps our community. Government can't do everything, and we don't want to, you don't want us to do everything, anyways. So, um, ladies, thank you both for taking the time uh, to join me today. I really appreciate it. Thank, thank you, you for having us. Yeah, really appreciate it. And uh, that will do it. Thanks, Christy. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Civic View. You can hear new episodes every Friday on Spotify, Pandora, Amazon, Audible, Podbean, iHeartRadio, and on our website at www.cityofcrestview.org. Civic View is a public affairs program produced and recorded right here at City Hall and is also featured Saturday mornings at 7 a.m. on WAAZ-FM and WJSB-AM. Our music is recorded, produced, and performed by Scott Holmes, and you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at City of Crestview. And with that, I'll say be safe, Crestview, and I'll catch you next time.